0: Hello everybody, welcome to this week's In My Mug, episode 604, and this week we're off to Bolivia. So I said in the intro we're off to Bolivia, and we're off to a specific farm um, which is uh, La Linda, which is based in the Caranavi region of Bolivia, somewhere we buy A heap of coffee from. We have a heap of friends um, who have farms there. This one comes from the people that own the mill, uh, the Rodriguez family. And as a very special treat, instead of me talking about uh, the coffee and the farm and things, we thought in these times, wouldn't it be nice to get insight into how COVID is affecting the producers back home uh, in their home countries and uh, the challenges, particularly for a country like Bolivia, which is just starting to see the very beginnings of its harvest uh, and the challenges it's it's, uh, posing. And then after that, we'll get Steve to take, virtual Steve to take us through all of the bits on the farm. So, I am joined by Daniela Rodriguez from um, the, I think it's now, like you are the only coffee producers known in the world for Bolivia, and, and, or helping other coffee producers with the mill, um, just such a name synonymous with quality and um, Bolivian coffee. Um, thank you for joining. Uh, how are you? How are things uh, in Santa Cruz there?
1: Hi, hi, Steve. Um, yeah, we are in Santa Cruz right now. Um, we, we are in lockdown, very strict, by almost uh, more than 70 days. Here, the quarantine is uh, very strict. We cannot go out uh, just once day per week. Depends on the last number of your ID. For example, I can only go out on Fridays and only in the morning. Uh, we we are allowed to go to the supermarkets and pharmacies that are open from 7 to 12 and if people go out in the day that they are not allowed you have to pay a fine of $200 and they will take you to to jail or to a like a, a room that you have to stay there for 8 hours so there are not a uh, there are not international flights, there are not national flights. Uh, my family, uh, the family uh, Los Rodriguez. We are in Santa Cruz and we cannot go to the farms in Caranavi in, in La Paz because all the roads are closed. Uh, there are not flights. But uh, we went two weeks ago to the farms in Santa Cruz, in Samipata. after being logged for two months. And uh, the harvest is starting now in Bolivia. Uh, We are almost 10% of the harvest. Uh, We started first with Karanavi with the low parts. For example, Finca La Linda is producing right now. We are picking all the Katura and and the Java. The javas are the first varieties that are starting to to mature. And the, the coffees, they don't know anything about the virus. <laughs> the plants look amazing. Uh, they, they are super healthy. They, they are on time. The weather is is, is helping a lot. And, uh, Daniela, how does by it
0: go with the, with the harvest starting now? and obviously coffee. the coffee plants don't know that Corona's going on. H- how is it about getting people to be able to pick and work for you? Are you still able to get access to... I know you have a lot of people from the local community uh, kind of d- doing some of the work, but it must be really difficult to get all of the help that you need because I know sometimes you've had to bring in people to, to help at the busier times.
1: Yeah, eh, Karen Abby? is uh, in quarantine too, Uh, but they have been encapsulated, so nobody can get in and out. Uh, At the beginning, we started uh, concentrating all the harvest in Finca Alacitas, that is the biggest farm, and uh, drying the the cherries there, so we have to establish some raised beds at the farms, and the producers also de la mañana started delivering their cherry at the farms because the farms are uh, 40 minutes away from our wet mill. So in Bolivia, uh, logistics are very, are super complicated. We don't have very good roads. And even though the distance are very short, it takes a lot of time to, to get into the places. So we, we have concentrated the, the, the harvest there and after two days with bigger volumes we were bringing to the to the wet mill by now uh, we have we got uh, some permissions for the producers because you need a permission to to go like to, to drive or to to be out of your place so we got the permissions for the producers and now they are delivering the coffee to the wet mill every night or at least twice uh, one day yes, one day not.
2: Yeah.
1: And for the for the workers is is hard. We are just working with the the with, with our with the people that are very close that they have been working with us for a long time. We are not hiring more people in order to uh, to, to take care of, the, of all the workers that are part of the company. And the main issue for us is uh, pickers. Uh, we, as agri we work with 500 people during the harvest, so it's a lot of people, and they are almost concentrated. Uh, from the 500, 400 are pickers. We work with more than 200 pickers in Karanavi and another 200 in Samaipata. And uh, talking about Karanavi, what we are doing is uh, we have two groups. Uh, one group are the pickers that are our neighbors that live close to our farms. And the other group are the people that live in the town of Karanavi. So we are going to do different groups so they don't mix groups
2: yeah
1: in some cases um, we are just gonna make for example in one lot that that lot just pick one family because here in in Bolivia picking is a family thing yeah it goes the the mother the father all 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 together to pick the harvest and at the end of the day we wait the, the the, the, the harvest, and in the in case of Samaypata, that is more difficult. Uh, it's Samaypata is not a coffee region, yeah. So many of the pickers they live in different cities like Cochabamba and Sucre, and they cannot come here because the roads are closed. Uh, so what we are going to do is we are uh, building some camps in the farms so they can stay at the farms and we are giving everything. We have to give like the food, we have to give everything in order. They don't go out to the town and buy the things and they just stay in that place and they don't get contaminated with with any anything, with, with the people, with the... Uh, with, yeah, with that. Logistics that must be very the, difficult.
0: Though. St- like pulling all of that together yeah. um, at such short notice, being able to have people to cook food, people to build the you know the camps, uh, having toilets, and yeah, all of the things like that must be real challenge. Yeah, it is. It is, and. Uh,
1: yeah, for us the main the main harvest is July and August. Mm-hmm. So we are uh, kind, we are very nervous about the, the, those times that what will happen here in Bolivia because the main issue here in Bolivia is the care system. It's very basic. Yeah. And now we are only we have only eleven thousand cases. But in Santa Cruz, for example, the health system has already collapsed collapsed yeah. with six thousand cases. There are not more beds. There are not enough doctors. Yeah. Uh, in case of Caranavi uh, and Samipata, the hospitals they don't have ventilators at all.
0: You were telling me Bolivia, you were telling me a statistic when we spoke a few weeks ago about I think there was like a, a few hundred. Uh, Ventilates in the whole of Bolivia for 8 9 million population?
1: Yeah, there are uh, 200 health units for 12 million people. 12 million. So it's, it's crazy. Yeah. And now we are in, the, in a situation that is super scary that the government has said, okay, is your responsibility what will happen? Because they are asking to continue in quarantine, but the problem is that seventy percent of the of the people they don't have a formal job. Uh, they they are they live their day by selling things on the street, yeah. and yeah, we are more than two months kind of like stopped. The economy has stopped. And uh, in November, we have this issue, political issue with the government that we also were uh, closed and and everything was stopped for another month. So in Bolivia, it's super tough because in less than six months or in less than four months, we've been stopped for now by three months and a half. Like the economy is going to... It's going to collapse and people like now it's, it's super it's scary because people say okay is should i stay at home and don't have anything to eat or should i get the virus yeah. so it's a very tough question and uh,
0: i think for the um, government the, that we are economy as well in- oh, sorry uh, the bolivian economy was already in a difficult position a little bit because of the political unrest that's been happening over the last 12, 18 months, and maybe even longer if you want to go back about some of the political decisions. Um, and this on top of it must be really worrying, like must be must be quite stressful.
1: Yeah, for example, and you've been in Karanavi, uh, this, the, the, this, the government, has invest more in soccer fields. We have amazing stadium in Karanavi, for example. We have an stadium that ha- that is for 35,000 people, and there are the in Karanavi only live 15,000, and there is there is just one hospital that doesn't have a ventilator that doesn't have the basic things. Yeah. So. That's, that's the main issue that, uh, and another thing is that we have a, a, go, a president that is in transit that cannot take like big uh, decisions because he's on transit
2: yeah. and
1: people are like it's, it's, it's difficult because she has to take big decisions but at the same time people said you can't take big decisions because you are just
0: on transit. So that's, I mean, that, and that's so just that because she came to power. Yeah, so she came to power um, during the um, uh, unrest uh, of Evo Morales and the, the things that he was trying to do. And she, she's kind of like temporary until there were the elections, which were meant to be coming up later in the year, weren't they? But obviously Corona coming in has, has really changed things. And I, I think it's, it's a super difficult thing to get your head around. Just about how how much Bolivia, how many challenges Bolivia has had over the last, definitely the last twelve months, but certainly over the last 10, 15 years, it's been it's been a real challenge. And then doing, then the Corona coming and putting the extra pressure on the economy. It, it must be a really uh, nerve wracking time for, for what for what the outcomes are. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about Karen Arvind, you said about it being encapsulated so people can't come in and can't go out. Um, I guess there must be essential supplies still coming from La Paz, so you know food I'm thinking and medicines and things like that, how does that that happen there? Is there like a handover point or something or um, are people just using what they have within and things are running short?
1: Um, yeah, uh, p- the food um uh, Karanavi produce many things, yeah, like the, all, the, all the meat and some veggies are bringing from La Paz, yeah. and um, the trucks are allowed to get in, but only the drivers that people know, okay, but for example. In, in somebody else, that the community, because as you know, in Karanavi, everything works as a community justice.
2: Yes.
1: <laughs> and uh, Karanavi is a very complicated town. For example, a couple of weeks ago, I think uh, one week ago, uh, the people, the doctors came to Karanavi because there was one case from a guy that he was a driver and he was bringing things to to Karenavi and then the the people the community in Karenavi were saying no and uh, the the doctors were staying in a hotel and then all the town from Karenavi went to the hotel and they were saying that the doctors have to leave or they will fire the hotel because they could have the virus and they could spread the virus in Karanavi. And the doctors were like, but we came here to help, like to work, because there is the first case here. And the, the people that had the case, he was saying, no, I don't have the disease. I don't have the virus. And they were taking again the test, and it was positive. And he was like, no, I don't have. And then again, so they make like three times the test, They were scaring, like they were saying, screaming outside of the hotel that the doctors have to leave. And then the doctor said, Okay, you don't need us. You don't want us to stay. Okay, we are leaving. We are returning back to La Paz. And they were in the bus, all the doctors. And then all the town in Caranavi, all the people started to scream, No, please stay. We, it was a mistake. We need you. And, and
0: I think that's the thing is that I think it's um, that, that just not knowing about, you know, the, how dangerous the virus could be and, and things like that. And, and, and miscommunication. Um, it's not like the people of Karanavi, you know, watch the news every day or have, you know, ac- everybody has access to the internet or things like that. So it's a, it's a little bit about hearing somebody from a neighbor, or hearing something from a friend and then, you know, kind of um, coming up with it. Do you think education, like the, the, the kind of education of how dangerous the virus can be for some people and washing your hands, keeping your distance, is getting through to the people of Bolivia now?
1: Yeah, that's the main issue, that the education. For example, there are some people that are saying that the, the virus was sent by Americans. Yeah and um, that the virus doesn't exist, that this is just media, uh, that the government, the new government is doing this because they want to, to keep us inside of our places. So, don't, so they don't believe in the virus. So especially in the past, in the city, in El Alto, uh, people were not, they, they were not, uh, they were going out to the markets. And in Caranavi, for example, the education is so is is, is terrible because especially with the, for us it's gonna be a challenge to make them understand that they have to be cleaning their hands, mm. that they have to take many measures because it's it's a lot of hygiene the virus that you have to take. So it's trying to teach them a different different way of living. And also, as you know, here, uh, Latin people, (laughs) we always give hugs and kisses. And even for for us, for my family, it's hard when somebody comes to your place and you're like standing and saying hi, and you you don't know how to react.
0: Yeah. So keeping distance. Danielle, all of the things that you're mentioning about people saying the virus doesn't exist, it's come from China or America, it's made up, and the hygiene things and what to do when you meet somebody, I think that's the world everywhere. We're exactly the same here in uh, Sweden and in the UK, and we don't know how to do it. I've never washed my hands as much in my life and I think I'm fairly hygienic, but like now I'm doing it so often that my hands are getting sore. We're we're all getting used to that 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 new difference. But I think there are challenges in somewhere like Caranavi that, you know, you might not have so many hand washing facilities in you know, you don't everywhere and hand the alcohol gel may not be as readily available and and, and the definite challenges there. Um, uh, for sure, but um, just in regards to the producers and your family and uh, everybody else, is everybody keeping safe, is everybody well, um, you know, it's, it's, it's nobody nothing uh, like with the people who we kind of we, we know and see every time we come and visit, uh, visit you in Bolivia
1: Yes, maybe I can send some, I can share with you some images of the producers
2: Oh gosh, I'll be lovely, if Yes, you
1: can. Yeah, I think that you have to allow me to share. Oh.
2: The oh, now screen. you
0: now you're asking me to do something very te- technical here. Um, share screen, uh, multiple. There we go. I, I think I may have done the technology. Yes. <clears throat> I mean, I think, um, you know, for, for, for me and everybody uh, uh, has been in a so zone, we're, we're constantly thinking about, you know, how this affects people um, at, at the places that we visit so often and, and you know, that we work with like, like yourself. And um, I think it's a really interesting insight you're giving us into just, you know, the challenges, but actually they're probably the challenges we're all experiencing. Oh. <laughs> Oh wow, so Carmelita.
1: I I was gonna say, is that
0: Carmelita with the the face mask on? I can't quite tell. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she can still tell.
1: Then we have a Julio, Julio Gonzalez.
2: Yeah, oh
0: wow. Where's Juana?
1: Here you can see the, yeah, maybe she's (laughs) in the house.
0: (laughs) Yeah,
1: (laughs) keeping things. (laughs) <laughs> then we have a you maybe in the on the picture of, on the left you can see the trucks now they don't have the taxis they have bigger trucks because they have big bigger volumes now
0: fantastic <laughs>
1: but even the trucks are, are having some distance
0: yeah wow so the for people people who are watching <laughs> the video um uh, it, it, at the mill in Carinaví was traditional that people would send their coffee in the taxis. Um, and there would be a line of taxis waiting at the mill in the evening to uh, to drop off all the coffee. But since the increase in production with, um, with with your farms and then people seeing what you've been doing on the Los Rodriguez farms and Sol de la Manana, this is the kind of volumes that are coming out now that weren't coming out before um, so this is, uh, and I love what you're doing with these plastic, um, trays. I've actually, I think four farms that we visited outside of Bolivia are now starting to do what you're doing with these crates. Um, because talk about hygiene, you can just wash them down and where before they would go in a bag that would get all of the slime and the juices. Um, you can just wash these down at the end of the day, can't you? Yes.
1: Uh-huh. These are the first cherries from Finca La Linda.
2: Oh wow, very cool.
1: Yeah. Um drying some cocoa naturals. Most of the production now from this first uh, harvests we are doing naturals. Yeah. So the cherries are super super nice, the quality is amazing. So uh, cool. And uh, ah, talking about the highest mill in the world, I think, that we are at uh, 3,600 meters. And this is our uh, working. In this part, in this place, we've been affected a lot because uh, our dry mill has been closed for uh, two months and a half because it's in the city and... uh, it was hard to move the people from the from the different neighborhoods, and also in the cities, are more rules that you have to follow. So we have the distance with the workers, and you can see how they are going to work with all the security mask and uh, all the security that they need to be protected. So they are started working from seven to two. And uh, uh, we as a company, uh, we are picking everybody from their houses, taking two hour meal and then driving back home. So they don't go out to, they don't take like a, a public transportation or they don't go any else So they, it's just office, house, office, house. Uh, and. With the distance, it's so strange to see people like worrying and. Yeah. I,
0: I I think the distance thing I really do uh, feel. I think that whole uh, Latin American, um, like I notice it much more being English because we're very much about our distance and and people just don't have the same uh, kind of thing. It, it, particularly, you know, Bolivia. I always kind of like people just. Brush past and having had that re-education for us all is 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 is, uh, is difficult. I, I can't imagine not um, like seeing you, your dad, and your brother and giving you hugs. But like, yeah, that's not that's going to be different for a little while. So uh, yeah. Oh, this is yeah. beautiful. What a picture.
1: Yeah, and this is fincasitas.
2: Yeah,
1: and apart of the virus, there are good news. And new things. Yep. that What we are doing? Um, we are. We will have this harvest. The first um, still stainless steel tanks. That uh, for new process that we that we will do. So we will have a lot of new surprises, new flavors.
0: And this is in Karanabe?
1: We will have uh, two tanks in Caranavi and another two tanks in Samaipata. Wow. Because the in essence.
2: Samaipata. <laughs> yeah.
1: Because as you know, in Samaipata we have the variety garden with 60 varieties. Yeah. So the idea is to try also with these exotic varieties, the new process, new fermentations. Oh, amazing. Uh, these tanks... Uh, because we are working with two enologists, uh, they have designed the tanks, special for coffee. So together we have adapted uh, uh, a fermentation type that the wine industry use, but this one is adapt for coffee. The 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 the, the size, the the capacity, the 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 piles and everything. Mindset. Uh, so, for example, we are doing some. This is a etiosar. We are doing a, a different kind of fermentation. You can see the color of the cherries. We are doing some lactic uh, fermentations, and yeah.
0: Well, you know how much I love the etiosar. So, uh, yeah, be good to uh, be good to see that.
1: Yeah, this is another. This is a Java. First
2: Java.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I really like that the the way the Lama has his face mask on as well. That's very good social distancing. He's been listening to the messages.
1: <laughs> yeah. Use a ma- use a mask but keep drinking coffee.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Need to find a straw hole.
1: <laughs>
0: wow, that looks beautiful.
1: Uh, then another thing that uh, for us is very important is always uh, being sustainable with the environment. Mm-hmm. Of course, taking care of our of the environment for us is important. So we are uh, two years ago we have started with reforestation in all our farms and also working with the producers of So de la Manana. The idea is that they can plant. Uh, Trees that are that maybe in the future they can sell and they can pay the education of their kids with the trees and replant the, the trees so they can have an extra income and you never know with the, with, the, with, the, with the weather and with the nature what will happen here so maybe it can be like an kind of the, also diversified from one product to another one.
2: Yeah.
1: That that is also that we are working with the with the program of Sol de la Manana, trying to see that they also diversify with another thing, a part of coffee, because now the farms are kind of established, and this is gonna be the second or in some cases the third year of the full harvest and uh, they are, uh, this year is pruning and if they pass the pruning uh, test and understand that it's very important to prune the, the next steps too is also to develop uh, with some, with another trees.
0: And just, so, just for context I think for people watching that may not know like so pruning is really important so, you're able to um, maintain the uh, yield from the coffee plants. And without that pruning, the plants just get old and tired and get in a really strange shape. Uh, but it's not common uh, in old practices in Bolivia to, uh, tr- because you lose some of your harvest for 12 months, 18 months, and then all of a sudden, it, you know, you get much more later. But there's always been a fear of, well, I'm not going to prune because I don't want to damage what yield I have now. Instead of actually, in the future, you're going to get a lot more yield from that pruning, and the plant's going to be healthier. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I think uh, the education of um, just the agronomy of coffee farming is something that's quite new to Bolivia, and I don't think really happened until you really started. Doing the farms and having the Sol de la Mañana project and, and you flew in the agronomist from Costa Rica, that these things are starting to happen that never happened before. It's, um, it's really impressive.
1: Yeah, Sol de la it, Mañana is like a school of um, seven years and um, now we are in the sixth year and um, this, this year is uh, working with them and teaching them how to prune. Because in Bolivia, the producers, they have never pruned their coffee plantations. So when you visit the old plantations, they are so wild and so high
2: mm-hmm. that
1: they had to take a, 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 a stick to, the, to, to, get, to, to get the cherries because they were very high. And and for, for a pro producer, I think that is the, the biggest decision. When you see that your coffee tree is producing very good, the yield is super good, mm. and you know that when you prune, the next year you will not have production. So it's difficult to say, okay, next year I will not get an income. Yeah. But what we are trying, what we are working with the producers is trying to teach them to have a, a plan of pruning that every year they have to prune their coffee plantations and um, but different lots, not yeah. all the
0: so it's what- about just having every year keeping different sections rolling so your production is more stable and you don't have those peaks and troughs because if you cut everything back then yes of course that's going to have an impact but if you're doing it in stages every year it's just housekeeping for different parts of the farm.
1: Yeah and with that you can not have the same income every year.
0: Yeah and it sounds so obvious uh, but but I know from when we when I first started coming to Bolivia and, and, and visiting the farms with you guys, that <clears throat> these the, these things, the agronomy of ice just wasn't there and it's something that's very new um to uh, to, to to Bolivian farmers. So um no I I, I think I, I it's really um, amazing that the work that's been done with this whole De La Manana project and uh, you and your family should be incredibly proud um of uh, and the investments you've made in Bolivian um, coffee. Um, yeah, These are amazing photos. Daniela, you're making me, like this is the time of year where I start booking my flights to come to Bolivia. And obviously this year is gonna be one of the first years I've missed in a long time, and seeing all these photos are making me feel even worse. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, but we will make us you, are here with a lot of videos
2: and yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, the problem is next year, when, when everything opens up, I'm coming for a very long time, so.
2: Uh... <laughs> yes, yes,
1: yes, we're going to miss you. This is going to be after, what, more 15 years that you're coming in uh, without yeah. you skipping <laughs>
0: Yeah, no, honestly, it, 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 feels, it feels so strange seeing these photos and knowing I won't be there this year. It's um, such an important trip for me every year just to, uh, yeah, I feel like I know Karen Arvey as well as I know uh, Stafford where has been is. Uh, um, these just amazing photos. Who's the photographer amongst you all? Who, who, who takes these? Is this all you?
2: Hey, yeah, some are our, our pictures. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's
0: amazing.
1: Yeah. So everybody is super, super excited about this this harvest. Sol de la mañana, yeah, they cannot... They were being excited, like, waiting for this harvest. So they are still with all the the motivation to... To keep this harvest uh, going, and uh, we will do everything that is um, in possible that we can do to to have to have the coffees and to continue.
0: Yeah, no, and I think that's a message that um, I, I I would like to echo is that you know that no, although COVID's changed a lot of things, um, there are still um, people like you, yourself and the family, but also the Magnana people that are relying on people to still drink good coffee. You know, they've made investments and put their energies, just as you and the family, have into the farms. And um, I think it's really important to continue to support the great work that's already been done, um, because this is where this was. These were the years where the fruit it was meant to come to fruition, and there was all of this extra coffee because of the investments and uh, hard work that's been put in, um, we can't let a virus uh, stop that. You know, it's um, that people still need to buy good coffee and uh, make sure that everybody benefits from that.
1: Yeah, yeah. That was the the main concern also for Sole La Mañana producers, because they've seen the news that what is happening uh, around the world, and they were like, what will happen with our coffee? And we were saying, continue with the harvest. We are here. We are not going to stop. And we will buy the coffee. We will process the coffee. And people need to continue drinking coffee. <laughs>
2: yes.
0: Yes. We will find a way for this to work.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. In, I think that in all the crises, there are opportunities. And, uh, many things that we have to learn and that will make us stronger. And uh, yeah, together we will make it, make it, like continue with the harvest and find the ways to make it work. I think that's
0: I, that's I couldn't agree more, Daniela, and that feels like an absolutely perfect place to finish this on a positive, I, I knew I could rely on you to bring me a positive note somewhere in these terrible times. And that's, that's exactly it is that we we're we're all learning from this. Um, and I, I think there's lots, there's, there's some things that have come out of this that have been really good. I think people are caring for people a lot more and people have been nicer to each other and taking time to, to make sure everybody's okay. And I, I hope we, we keep those things and we learn from what's happened and, uh, but also understand that the world is still spinning. There are still coffee producers in uh, Karanavi and Samipatia and in all of the different, all over the world, that are still relying on people to drink great coffee. And uh, um, and we're all, hopefully, we'll all come out of this much stronger and much more positive. Thank you. You are an absolute inspiration. Um, you and the family. Uh, please, lots of love to everybody there. Um, send all of the the warmest wishes from has-been and Ozone customers and uh, I, I really hope to be there sometime soon.
2: Yes,
1: <laughs>
2: no thank you to you Stephen, was a pleasure to talk and share what is happening here in Bolivia.
0: Fantastic, keep safe and uh, yes, we, we, we shall see each other soon.
1: Okay, you too, take care.
0: Thanks, Steve. But most importantly, thanks, Daniela. So this week's coffee comes from the farm La Linda, which is based in Karanavi. Now, coffee production in Bolivia was traditionally concentrated in the youngest region. Subtropical, huge vegetation, amazing environmental conditions um, help produce amazing quality Bolivian. Carinavi is located in the north of the La Paz department. Um, It's 150 kilometres from the city, um, but it really is now the centre of coffee production within Bolivia. It's got super fertile soils. It's got absolutely phenomenal altitude um, and really just kind of people that are producing some very, very special coffees. Now, due to the many complications and challenges of the Bolivian coffee industry, many of the smaller farms that we used to work with in the past are no longer producing coffee. Um, And while that created lots of challenges for us... Um, working with, uh, AgriCafe and most importantly the Rodriguez family, um, they started to buy farms, uh, and invest in farms themselves. So the producers that were disappearing from, that used to deliver to their mill, they decided to replace by having their own farms, um, and really, really investing. Um, La Linda was one of the first of these farms, um, and, uh, really has been, kind of bringing us coffee now for three, four years. Um, Lalinda is also known for its amazing seed garden um, that feeds the other varieties uh, on the farms throughout the Rodriguez um, uh, farms. Um, alongside this Katura lot uh, they produce Longbury, katayi, Tipica, Java, SL-28, Bourbon, and a tiny bit of Ethiosar. Um, These are all completely new plants uh, to Bolivia and this is because of the Rodriguez's excitement to experiment and to taste. So now we should go back to Steve to do the tasting and see what he thinks of this coffee. Thank you, Virtual Steve, but more importantly, thank you to Daniela. Um, Daniela is an amazing person who I've got to know more and more over the last uh, 15 years um, and seen her grow as a coffee professional, but also see her uh, just grow as a a, a super talented businesswoman and they really have built an amazing business there that produces amazing coffee. So let's get into... uh... So... The thing about this coffee is it's super chocolatey. Uh, very rounded, very kind of smooth and sweet. And I like, can't help but think of Cadbury's chocolate. Now, I'm not 100% sure if I kind of go with the Cadbury's dairy milk or whether I think it's Cadbury's whole nut. I know they're the kind of same. But there is a lovely hazelnut note that comes through that just kind of pulls me towards the whole nut. And... Um, very sweet very 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 clean um excellently processed these couture plants are and and not so old um and they're really just starting to come into the maturity of kind of being really good coffee so um i'm a massive fan thank you for joining me as always and do remember life is too short a bad coffee